Welcome to the Laser Therapy Institute weekly podcast, the world's first podcast about medical laser therapy for healthcare providers. Each week, we discuss the latest research, interviews with experts, and how laser therapy can enhance your practice. Now, here is the founder of LTI and your host, Dr. Jason Roundtree. Hey, thanks for joining me today on the Laser Therapy Institute podcast. My name is Jason Roundtree. I'm a chiropractor and certified medical laser safety officer. I am creating this podcast really mainly talking to healthcare practitioners. And that means really anyone from chiropractors to physical therapists up to medical doctors, surgeons, and dentists as well. And I'm really excited because I have our first dentist on the podcast today. I'm really pleased to welcome Dr. Jason Pang to the podcast. Dr. Pang is a dentist and photobiomodulation practitioner in Neutral Bay near Sydney, Australia. He completed his degree in biomedical science in 1994 from the University of Technology in Sydney and uh, then completed his Bachelor of Dental Surgery at the University of Sydney in 2002. He performs laser dentistry as well as photobiomodulation at his dental clinic, which is Cosmic Smile Laser Dental. And he's also involved with Laser Therapy Sydney, which is a specialized photobiomodulation center. Uh, he also happens to be a trainer for Photona Lasers. So Dr. Peng, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Jason. It's a pleasure to be here. Thrilled to have you on. We're, uh, you know, I've done a couple of podcasts on dentistry and some of the applications for light therapy in dentistry, uh, but this is going to be great because you have the firsthand experience and knowledge from that dentistry perspective. Um, so can we talk first about, you know, how is photobiomodulation really utilized in dentistry? And if you're speaking really to other dentists who might be new to the concept of photobiomodulation, uh, you know, how do you describe to them what is photobiomodulation? Well, first of all, I just want to say a big, big thank you to you because uh, I'm a bit of a fanboy as well and listen to your podcast. Thank you. Um, but, but certainly you are absolutely correct. And dentists are, you know, are utilizing lasers far less than they, they should be. So many dentists um, nowadays, uh, even though it's, it's maybe only 10% of, of, the, of the dentists have, have, a, have a diet laser, but they are not using the, the, the lasers for what they could be, which is, which is photobiomodulation. And the things that I say to them is that, for instance, they know about vitamin D uh, production from, from the sun. They, they know that, for instance, they, a, a baby might be put under blue light to, for, for their, their, their early jaundice. And they can understand that conceptually that, that light can have an effect on, on, on the body for instance, circadian rhythms, but somehow it's, it's a little bit of a leap for them to understand that they can, they can actually um, affect uh, pain or improve healing. So I do have to have a, a bit of a uh, in-depth conversation with them about, about how it works. Mm -hmm. But essentially, I, I, I tell them that the, the light energy is absorbed by the body and the, the, the cells can use that to speed up the healing and to you know, reduce pain and reduce inflammation. Excellent. That, that actually sounds a lot like how I've described it even to patients, you know, that they can get a hold of that idea, you know, that light really does have an effect on our tissues um, and different types of light have different effects. Um, and so with photobiomodulation, of course, we're usually talking about visible red and into that near infrared spectrum, somewhere between 800 and about 1100 nanometers is pretty much the typical to have those to have those effects. 
So that makes sense. Um, and, and you said, you know, there's a lot of dentists that, that do have laser in their practice. And there's a lot of different procedures that you can do with laser uh, in dentistry, you know, when it comes to ablative uses of laser. What do you think, yes. how, how do you make that leap from really going, okay, we're going to be able to utilize laser in, in the dental clinic. How do you go to, let's go ahead and start performing photobiomodulation for patients? What, what kind of makes you take that next step, do you think? Well, assuming that they have an appropriate um, laser to, to do it. And actually, let's maybe even take a step back. So even though lasers are, are the way that, that most of us would, would do the procedure, even something like blue light and, and all pretty much all dentists would have a, a blue light device in their practice that they, they use it to, to set the, the, the composites or, or what you call uh, composites. Um, that's that's the, the plastic, the white plastic material. Even that blue light, if, if used appropriately, can, can have a, a, an analgesic effect and, and, and reduce pain for the patient. So they, they can already try and use something very quickly to, to do that. But if, if they do have, have a laser, then what we have to teach them is an appropriate level of, of exposure to, to, the, to the light so that they can have this, the, the healing effect or, or, or pain modulating effect. That's excellent. Yeah, I, I did leave out blue just a second ago when I was talking about wavelengths. You're exactly right. There's some really interesting effects with blue light. And some of that goes to pain control. And also some of it talks about an antimicrobial effect. And that we're seeing a little more research being published on the antimicrobial effects for things like uh, cold source and even for wound healing as well. So when it comes to you know, those surface level wound healing, cold sores. Are you utilizing photobiomodulation for like post-procedure healing, pain control? And what about, you know, lesions like cold sores? Is that something that you see and, and treat in your practice? Yeah, that's actually something that we, we treat quite, quite routinely. Um, you know, uh, all our patients um, will, will have um, some sort of exposure to, to cold sores at, at, some, at some point and, um, and some experience it quite regularly. So we have patients that will, will come in and just to say that we're having a cold sore. Is there something you can do with it? And then we'll, we'll treat them on the spot. And usually the, the lesion is already starting to progress. So it, it just feels better more quickly and then doesn't, doesn't usually progress to, to, to become a, a full wound and, and have, have scabs and, and all the rest of it. If, if we can actually get it nice and early when they're first starting to feel it in that prodromal stage when they feel the tingling, then we can usually uh, help to, to prevent it from, from becoming a, a full-blown uh, cold sore and, and, and doesn't even swell up. So it's, it's a really very nice uh, procedure that, that, we, that we can do for them. That's excellent. How many treatments will you typically do on something like a cold sore? If you, if you uh, say do catch it early, does you just do one or two or, or what is it usually, you know, for, for you in your clinic, what do you like to do? It usually depends on, on how often that the patient can come in. If mostly they would, would come in for one treatment, but if they are nearby, if, if they're 
if is in the surrounding area or, or certainly one of my staff, then they, they can use it more often. So maybe once a, once a day un, until it's uh, until it's gone. That's awesome. And and what about if you've got uh, somebody who's maybe uh, post procedure, they've got a lot of you know soft tissue um, damage that needs to heal up. Do, do you have that kind of same strategy where you can do one or two sessions to help that pain level and help that speed? Uh, healing along or, or what do you think about with post-procedural healing? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously in dentistry, we do a lot of procedures that cause, cause the patient's pain as much as we don't <laughs> want to. So we actually think about doing some of the, the light treatments even before. So prior to a, a long um, recanal appointment, for instance, I will treat the, the TMJs. I might treat them around the mouth if they have a, a little bit of a uh, muscle weakness in the, in the lips. Um, even sometimes before doing a, a lip tie or tongue tie, I might, I might do some, some laser over the area just to, to speed up the healing. Um, but certainly if, if after we've, we've done uh, an extraction or something like that, uh, and they're, they're coming back the next day, we, we can do uh, a treatment which will reduce their pain and then just help to, to speed up the healing. We've had patients where they've, they've had um, tonsillar surgery and they come back a week later, they're still in a lot of pain. We, we do the treatment, the, the pain comes down maybe uh, one, or, one or two points, but the next day they feel so much better. It's, it's, it's a lot, lot better for, for them. And that's, I think, the, some of the, the, um, that's why some, some, some people sort of can't, can't believe it because all of a sudden they're going from this, this immense amount of pain and, um, and suddenly they're, they're feeling so much better. It's, 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 sometimes it's very coincidental and, and we have a lot of these coincidences around the office. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe how much better it felt. Uh, it can't be, it can't be that laser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I, I find it really interesting that you're, kind of pre-treating some of those problem areas, you know, I've had multiple patients that have come um, into our clinic and, you know, with post procedure pain from, from a dental procedure they needed to have done in, like you said, in the TMJ, even, you know, just from having to have the mouth open for a long time. And, and we've been able to utilize yeah. laser therapy to, to bring that pain level down. That's fascinating that you're almost trying to get ahead of that by pre-treating. And I think that's brilliant. So, Oh. Yeah, I, even though the, typically we, we don't think and, and, and we, we don't say that there are really side effects from, from um, photobiomodulation therapy, because you, you're treating the area and it can warm up a little bit and because you're improving blood flow to the area, an open wound can actually bleed that little bit more. So if, you, if you're going to cause something that, that's going to bleed, you, you ideally want to treat it before so that, that you don't have that, that post-operative bleed and, and have complications from that. Awesome. That's a great pearl right there, you know, getting, getting some treatment in ahead of time. So as you're not doing it immediately after, prevent some of the extra bleeding. That, yeah, that's fantastic. Excellent. So another, another one I'm sure you've seen come in to your clinic there is, is that trigeminal neuralgia and Bell's palsy. Um, you know, when you, it, or you've at least dealt with patients who have experienced those, you know, those are, those are nerve lesions specifically. 
and you know it has a really significant decline uh, in terms of the quality of life uh, whether it's trigeminal neuralgia and the pain or or the kind of uh, lack of eyelid mobility the lack of ability to close the mouth things like that that's it's a pretty significant impact on people's lives whether it's the trigeminal neuralgia or the bell's palsy but um have, have you have you seen any of those cases and have you treated any of those with photobiomodulation before Yes, yes, we've, we've treated a, no, a number of those types of cases. I mean, neuropathic pain is one of the things that we, we kind of specialize in, in in our clinic. And so interestingly, we, we got uh, a, um, a facial palsy from an optometrist colleague of ours, because obviously she was treating the, the um, inability to, to close the eye. Um, and she said she knew that we did the, the laser treatment, so asked if we could help. And, and we typically will, will treat over the, the areas that, um, that have that weak muscle weakness. So it's being a facial palsy, that means that it's the, uh, the, the facial um, nerve that, that is affected. And so we'll treat over the, the branches of the, of the facial nerve but we will also treat the areas where they're having the pain. So in, in this one case, we had a patient with severe headaches. They weren't able to, to sleep for, for more than two hours a night. So we, we treat around the, the back of the, the head as well. And that relieves his, his neuralgia. We, within three treatments, um, he was able to, to sleep six to eight hours again. So... So that was the, the really um, stark progress that from, from the, the light. The facial palsy always takes uh, a lot longer to, to resolve, but even after three weeks, he had significant mobility of, of his face again and felt that you know, he, he, could, he could speak a lot better, that he could sort of face people in, in public again. His, his eye still wasn't able to... to uh, complete have complete control, but it was it was much much better. So th those kind of things uh, are are very very rewarding to 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 treat. And um, with with a couple of colleagues of mine, we're actually writing a, a paper on on facial palsy. So hopefully that'll be out um, you know, soon. <laughs> awesome! Yeah, excellent. I'm looking forward to hearing seeing that one. Great. You know. Um, as you're talking about the, those palsy cases, yeah, I, I've seen the same thing that the the discomfort can be resolved pretty rapidly in a lot of cases. And when it comes to trigeminal neuralgia, you can be talking about high levels of pain that can come down pretty quickly, you know, but the palsy can take longer and it can still be difficult for people. I think the important thing um, to think about, though, is like if you didn't have laser in your practice, what would you do for that patient? I mean, I mean, the, the only thing that they, they do is they, they, um, they give the patient corticosteroids, um, possibly an antiviral, and then they send them off to, to physiotherapists for, for mus muscle exercises. So that's, that's a standard treatment. Yeah. And that, I, think, I think we've also so have pretty... It's not uncommon for, for six months or more to, to, to have it. You know, the, the muscles still, still being very, very weak and sometimes even years. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's correct. I've seen a few cases that were chronic, you know, you have a couple of years history of, you know, pretty significant drooping that still goes on. Um, and thankfully, you know, those cases yeah. do take longer to, to respond, but you can still have success with photobiomodulation 
with those patients. So it's, it's a, it's a great tool. I think that is pretty unique because it gives you something you can do to help that patient outside of that kind of wait and see, or even the, the exercise side. So you mentioned uh, neuropathic yes, pain. Being, yeah. You said uh, neuropathic pain is really something you guys specialize in. Um, what about burning mouth? So burning mouth is a neuropathic pain disorder. Um, and you being a dentist, you have to see some, some patients that have burning mouth, I would guess, right? Yes. Yes, we do, unfortunately. And um, so most commonly it's postmenopausal women, but it, it can really affect anyone. And they often come to us almost as a last resort sometimes because they've tried everything. They've been in pain sometimes for, for years as well. And the, the pain can be really quite severe from, you know, seven, eight, nine on, out of 10 on, on the pain scale. And the nice thing ab about it is that the, the laser can work very, very quickly. So with burning mouth syndrome, what, what it is is typically you would have a, a strong sort of burning sensation or pain, not only on the, the, the tongue, but also ar around the, the, the lips as, as well, sometimes on the gums. So you have to treat all of those areas with the, with the laser. The nice thing is that especially, I mean, we have a, a range of different, different lasers. We, ha we, have, we have 810, we have the 660, we've got 850, we've got uh, MDAG 1064. Um, one of the, the nice things about the Fotona is that it has a, has a flat top collimated beam, which means that I don't have to wave the, the, the light over the, um, the, the area. I can just shine it on, on, on that area for, say, a, a minute or so. And you, we can go minute by minute to, to see what kind of effect it, it has. We, we, we usually try and start off low. And say, say they have a pain level of 7 out of 10. You know, we do one minute and, like, be down to 6. We do another minute and down to 5. Sometimes we might do, do a third and they can, it can bring it down further. But quickly they, they notice the, the difference. And even within a couple of sessions, sometimes, sometimes the, the pain can be completely gone. Although, although usually it does take two or three weeks. That's really fascinating. That can be, I would imagine, a really disabling condition for the patient, you know, um, because neuropathic pain can be extremely intense. Um, and when you're talking about your mouth, you're talking about speaking, facial expressions, eating, drinking. I mean, you probably see some people who are pretty desperate, I would guess. Yeah, they're at the end of the tether sometimes. It's, it's, it's very debilitating for them. And it's... it's it's interesting. It's, it seems to be that it's the, the blood vessels that, that are in the, often in the tongue and they, they haven't formed in the, in the right kind of way. And somehow that the, the light allows the, those, those blood vessels to, to just sort of uh, um, form in the right way and, and just not send off those, those pain signals. So it's, it's really interesting stuff. That's excellent. Um, I should probably say something about what you said on that flat top beam profile. I, that is an important uh, distinction to make a lot of dental lasers, especially are going to be fiber lasers with a Gaussian profile beam, which means that they're going to be to put it simply hot in the middle and then kind of fade out as you get away from the middle of that spot. And you really can't just hold those in one spot. You need to keep them moving so that you don't overstimulate the tissues right in the middle of your beam. Whereas when you have a flat top beam, 
that is an evenly distributed amount of laser to that entire spot size. Um, and so, yes, if you have something like that, you have a laser that has that flat top beam capability, you can literally leave it right there on that area and let those effects take place over the entire area. If you have a Gaussian profile uh, or a Gaussian beam, though, you, you just want to be very cautious about not overstimulating uh, that, that center, that beam profile, keep that moving. So um, what, uh, you know, outside of photobiomodulation, what was typically done for patients with burning mouth? Oh, they have medications usually, and it doesn't seem to be very effective medications either. Um, sometimes they, they can recommend the, the, the B vitamins as well, and sometimes that, that has an effect, but... Honestly, I don't think they have very good success with any of the pharmacological uh, interventions, unfortunately. Um, and and you know, because we've had so much success with, with, with the lasers, really, uh, you know, I, I really would recommend that as, as, as a treatment. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. We see this with other neuropathic pain as well. You know, burning mouth is those are, there's a ton of nerve endings there. Um, and they're really critical to your daily use, but we see this, um, as well with diabetic neuropathies and post chemotherapy neuropathies. You see that out in the, you know, the periphery. So hands and the feet and the toes, and that can be really significant amounts of pain. And yeah, like you said, medications used for that are typically not that effective. So having uh, photobiomodulation as a tool that you can watch it work, you know, right there in front of you is, is, pretty exciting. There's some, some recent research you connected me with, um, that really just, it just came out, uh, January this year, actually March, excuse me, March of this year, um, where the researchers compared, uh, for born, for burning mouth, the pharmacotherapy versus photobiomodulation therapy. Um, do you want to, do you want to say anything about that particular paper? Yes. It's really exciting research, really cutting edge. You know, in this study, they were able to take an 810 nanometer laser and treat these patients uh, just twice a week for about five weeks. So a total of 10 treatments. Um, and they saw some really, really significant improvements in quality of life and functional abilities, uh, like with eating and drinking and tasting in particular, which is so critical. Whereas the, the analgesic medication route really did not show the benefit that photo that the photobiomodulation group did. So, I mean, we're talking about five weeks to have some really great improvements. I think that's really exciting. And, and another thing with this particular study, which probably deserves its own podcast episode, I'll probably work on that. Um, but, you know, to be able to see photobiomodulation right head to head with pharmacotherapy and to see it come out ahead, that, I think that says volumes. Yeah, I think it's one of the, the first papers where they, they did compare it um, head to head and, and certainly the results are very, very promising and definitely worth investigating further. Awesome. I'll, I'll work on uh, one of our episodes being for that paper. It's, it's an exciting paper. Well, okay. So probably about time to start wrapping it up, but you know, if we're talking to other dentists, you know, at this point, you probably heard this just with the several topics we covered today, it can absolutely be something that helps your patients, including photobiomodulation in your practice can help your patients. But, you know, dentists are going to want to know, well, how do I make that work in my practice? How do you include that to the point where 
you know, maybe it improves your bottom line, not only your patient results, but also your income. How do you kind of manage integrating that into your practice? Uh, and this might be different from, uh, you know, country to country because of reimbursements and things like that. But what do you have just a couple of words of wisdom for us? Uh, if there's a dentist out there who's thinking about adding this in, how do they make their practice more successful by having photobiomodulation as an option? Well, I think if, if it's a patient-centered practice and they're always thinking what's the best thing for the patient, then, you know, anything to make the patient more comfortable, not, not only for ulcers and cold sores, but, but if, if the patient has a long procedure after root canal or after surgery and, and they're not feeling any pain and they don't need any, any of the, the nasty opioids, you know, to, to manage their pain, then that that kind of word spreads quite quickly and they tell their friends and, and it can be a real practice uh, builder. Uh, I think, you know, there, there's going to be those that, that are patient-centric like that. Then there's other people that I think will will see the benefits for, for neuropathic pain, for um, other pain conditions. I mean, we talk about trigeminal neuralgia, but, um, you know, the, the, there's atypical facial pain, there's, there's, um, uh, there's fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue type sim symptoms. You know, if they specialize in that, that can be a, a completely different area of treatment that they, they could start to open up within, within that practice as well. Awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. And as soon as you said, you know, if you're practice or if you're, uh, if you're patient focused in your practice, yeah, you're going to do the things that help your patients. That's a, uh, that's what I've seen throughout the years too. If you do things that are going to be helpful for your patients, it leads to success almost automatically. So wonderful. Well, doc, I really appreciate your time today. This has been fantastic. Hopefully we'll be able to talk again at some point and um, we'll, uh, uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, Jason. It's been a pleasure. Great to talk to you. Thanks. Subscribe now to keep learning about the growing field of laser therapy. Check out our patient-focused podcast, Healing at the Speed of Light, a great resource for your patients. For massive practice growth and improved patient outcomes, become a certified Laser Therapy Institute clinic. Learn how at lasertherapyinstitute.org.